You know there's a way for nurses to start a business, but there's so many moving pieces. Cut to the crap. It's time to go right to the source and get real about what's working in business and marketing for nurses with your host, the founder of Nursepreneurs, Katie Harris. Hi, this is Katie, and this is another episode of the Nursepreneur Podcast. And today I have with me Dr. Jay, who is a clinical psychologist. Um, so Dr. Jay, your background is quite impressive. Uh, can you give us a little background about what licensed psychologists do or, you know, kind of that pathway? Sure. Hi, Katie. Hi, everyone. <laughs> really excited to be here and just to shed some light on what it is that I do and the way that I see mental health going. So as a, as a clinical psychologist, we're trained to see what's wrong with people, to figure out what's broken and to really find what is what they call atypical of quote-unquote well-adjusted people. So when I started training in clinical psychology, I was really drawn to abnormal psychology. Um, very interesting. There's something about the things that we don't know because I think we're all voyagers and explorers. There's something about things that we don't know that really interests us. So I got really interested in clinical psychology in that way. Um, in order to become a clinical psychologist, you need to go and get a PhD or a PsyD. And the difference between the two, they're both about five to seven years of extra grad work after undergrad. But the difference between the two is that if you go and get a PhD, you are really focused on research and figuring out how you can further what we know about the science of psychology. As a PsyD though, you go and get trained more on how to be a therapist in a room. I took the route of getting a PhD at UConn after I went and got my master's at Columbia. And that can, I can tell you a little bit about how I ended up being, becoming a psychologist. Um, but I really love the study of behavioral psychology. And so a lot of psychologists now, when you think about going to see someone for therapy, will most likely have a PsyD. A lot of us do have PhDs, but we're really trained to figure out what's wrong with people in the traditional sense. And I know we're probably going to go down that, that path and talk a little bit more about what makes me different and why I'm so pumped to be here to talk about where I think this field is starting to go. Um, but clinical psychologists typically look for what's wrong with people. And that's just something that doesn't, that really drains me, even just thinking about that. It drains me too, because I, I got to tell you, when I go to your website, like I feel so inspired, whereas you know, traditionally when I think of psychologists, I'm just like, oh God, you know, if I go to a psychologist, then I failed in trying to fix myself or, or something like that. But I mean, your your website, everything about what you're doing, and, and we're going to get to this, I'm just so excited about it too, but it's uh, it's just very positive. Mm. Thank you. Yeah. And a lot of people, you know, hear that I'm a psychologist if I'm out networking or just, you know, with a bunch of people and they ask what I do and I say, oh, I'm a psychologist. You know, one of the words that come up is, oh, you're a shrink. Or, <laughs> yeah. you know, they'll look at me, their eyes will glaze over and they'll look for the door, right? Yeah. They're like, she knows what's wrong with me. She can see my inner self. <laughs> yeah. So they think it's, it's about finding out what's wrong with them. And they think being a psychologist is about, you know, fixing what's up here in our head. And it really isn't about that for me. For me, it's about connecting what's up in Mount Olympus up here in your head and connecting that to your heart because that's what life is about. And 
I love studying psychology because not because I want to figure out what's atypical or what's wrong with people, but to help people figure out how to live a flourishing and meaningful life. So what, I mean, what did, I mean, what did you find in terms of like a flourishing life? Like how do, how do people lead a flourishing life? Sure. That's a really, really great question. So there is a booming field in, within psychology now called positive psychology. And it's um, pretty new compared to all of the other areas of psychology that's been studied. I, I, again, I really didn't like how drained I felt studying what was wrong with people, figuring out how to diagnose them with something that's so arbitrary, really, to be honest. Um, so I went and got my certification in positive psychology. And in studying positive psychology, we've learned that there are different ways for people to find fulfillment in their lives. And if you think of it as the acronym PERMA-V, it's positivity, right? The emotions that come with being positive. E is for engagement. How engaged are you in your life? R is how, how is your relationships? What does that look like? Do you have quality people around you? Do you have a tribe where you feel connected? The M is for meaning. How much meaning do you give to your life and to every little detail of what you do throughout the day? The A, which is now escaping me, so I'm going to have to come back to the A. It's been a while. Um, and, and the V is it's sort of new, but it's about the vitality piece. We have to take care of our bodies. We have to take care of the energy in our bodies to feel good. Because as you know, Katie, um, people that don't feel good, it's really hard in their bodies physiologically. It's hard to feel good emotionally and mentally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I've been reading so much about energy and energy fields and and you know it's something I think like in my hospital days I would have kind of brushed off but Mm -hmm. now as I am learning more and more you know it just it makes sense to me and you know that kind of stuff I think that's where you know it kind of goes you know is this frou-frou or is this like fluff medicine or is it something that's real Mm -hmm. Um, what what has your experience been with uh teaching people about just these different different positive psychology philosophies because we are so used to going to a psychologist and you know tell me what's wrong with me (laughs) yeah yeah so really helping people to connect with those p-e-r-m-a-v six things the a is for accomplishment so are you meeting your goals are you setting goals um so teaching people to really reconnect with those three those six things helps them to reshift their focus because our brains are wired to look for things that are wrong. It's just a survival tactic, you know, in terms of how we're wired evolutionarily to find things that are wrong. And when that happens, because our brains are wired that way, it's so much easier to think about negative emotions, things that are going wrong in our lives. So when we work to reshift our focus on those six things, people really finally understand what it means to be present, to be in the moment and live a life with purpose. And I I love watching people light up when they talk about any of those six things. Um, I don't know if that answers your question in terms of, you know, what has been my experience with people and working towards those six things and positive psychology. Yeah, no, it, it absolutely does. Like, but what kind of person would come to, like, how do people know to come to you as opposed to a different type of psychologist? Yeah, that's an excellent question. So the way that I work is so different and I've created a program, it's called mental fitness training. And I don't know if that's a misnomer, but essentially I really, my purpose is to see people light up, to finally see people say, oh my God, you have saved a lifetime of grief. Because when 
scientists and researchers went and surveyed people in their deathbed and said, what are the top five regrets of your life? The number one regret that people have is that they didn't live a life true to themselves. I can't imagine being on my deathbed, being asked that question going, wow, I really need a do-over. Like that breaks my heart. And so my mission in my life right now, not just in my career, is to help steer people so that they're on a different point in their life where they can set their own trajectory. So they don't spend 90 years of their life doing something that wasn't true to them going, oh my God, I really need a do-over. And so through mental fitness training, I help people through the two different phases. And this is where I'm really excited because traditionally clinical psychology looked at what was wrong with people. And then, as you know, right now, this new era, we have a lot of um, coaches, people who call themselves coaches, who want to help people to live up to their standards, to set new goals. But I really think we're doing a disservice when we bifurcate the two. I think in order for people to live a meaningful, well-lived life, we need both the therapeutic piece and the piece that comes after the therapy. It's the empowerment piece. So traditionally in therapy, you help people you know, heal, and then that's it. You kind of leave them in limbo. And I think that is doing a disservice because what's the point of being in limbo? Yeah, no, I've actually yeah. read something about that where the guy was like, all right, doc, you told me everything that's wrong with me, but now what? <laughs> like, how <laughs> yeah. do I fix it? <laughs> exactly, exactly. So I, through mental fitness training, I provide them the opportunity to go through the whole number line here. We go through the therapeutic piece where we go back in their lifetime and we really clear out all kinds of baggage, all kinds of trauma, things that lead to limiting beliefs, because whether we know it or not, everything that we've lived through and experienced is currently shaping our present and is going to shape our future. So if that's really true, we need to go back and reprocess and clear whatever trauma is there that's holding us back from showing up in the world. And once we've done that, then we can go on to saying, okay, what are my goals? What is my vision? How can I meet them? And that's the empowerment piece. And for people to live a life with purpose, we need to go through three C's. The first is clarity. Clarity on who you are, what you stand for, what your values are, and what makes you tick. And once you start really understanding and getting that sense of self-awareness, you then go on to the second C, which is confidence. You are then after all of that work that you've done with me, you become so confident in your place in the world, which ties into the third C, and that's conviction. That certainty about life and your life purpose, that certainty, that sense of knowing that you are exactly where you need to be and you're doing exactly what needs to be done. And once you have those three C's, you then can live a life of purpose. You can, you can rest easily knowing that if I died yesterday, I would, I would be fine because I'd live my life purpose. And I, I love thinking about life purpose, not as a noun. Purpose isn't a noun. It's not a, a piano that falls, a grand piano that falls on you and, you know, in the, in this, on the sidewalk there. It's a verb. Your life purpose is a verb. It's what we do day in and day out, not something that we strive for to get to the end. And so I love taking people through those two phases through that mental fitness training so they can reset their lives so that they're on a trajectory of living a fulfilling and meaningful life. So let me um, clarify one thing because you said the clean out the baggage and drama. So, mm-hmm. you know, I just this you don't mean like um, PTSD type of drama or trauma like it, it could, I mean, it could be that, but it could also be like I have 
the curse of being middle class growing up, like nothing happened to me, right? But I still have baggage, right? Absolutely. Still things that are limiting me. So you can help with that as well, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a really great clarifying point. Your baggage and your trauma doesn't have to be, I have PTSD because, you know, someone robbed me at gunpoint. But it can be as simple as I had a dad who abandoned his family to chase momentary highs. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the reason why I do the work that I do. That was my baggage, was having a dad who, so I was seven when I came to the States with my brother and my mom. And we were so excited because, you know, new opportunities, you know, just, just a wonderful place for us to build our dreams. My mom went from being a stay-at-home mom who watched her two kids to working 14-hour days, trying to keep food on the table trying to keep the loan sharks from chasing after her. She went from job to job to job because these loan sharks that my dad borrowed money from because he had an addiction to gambling would come after her. And I've seen her not just struggle, but suffer through what she suffered through to make sure we had food on the table, not just food on the table, but she wouldn't even buy herself a pair of socks so that we would, as her kids, we would grow up not knowing what it means to like want something that all of our other friends have. And to know that in hindsight and to know that that suffering that my mom went through, all of that pain, it's why I do what I do is watching my dad. I don't know where he is right now. I don't know what he's doing. I don't know if he has a roof over his head, but it brings grief to my heart to know that my dad, who I love, is going through his life journey just wandering and lost because he's chasing momentary highs. And I want to, to the best of my abilities, prevent that from happening to anyone else, to any other family, to make sure we all know as leaders in our communities, as leaders in our families, what it means to be grounded in a life purpose, a sense of that I'm here for a reason and I know exactly what I'm doing every day. Well, that's, uh, that's a really beautiful story. Thank you for sharing that. Um, and it's, it does, I, I can see how that could give you so much purpose and just, uh, you know, your dad has issues, you have issues, I have issues, we all have issues. And it's, you know, from what it sounds like you're saying, it's like, you have to work through them, clear that process out, and then work on uh, what you call mental fitness training with your, with your three C's. Um, That's, is, it's just, it sounds really great. So you don't do traditional psychology like somebody sits in the office and they sit on like a chaise or something and tell you everything that's wrong but Mm -hmm. do you have a clinic like that or do you are you completely online yeah so I do a little bit of both most of my clients actually I see online Um, I'm licensed in three different states but as a transformation coach I can work with anyone in the country or all over the world and more than half of my clients I see online Um, If possible, I like to see them in person and meet them in person just so we can kind of get that sense of energy. But I've actually found very surprisingly that a lot of clients actually open up so much easier when it's over the screen. And it's really an interesting thing that happens. Um, And I don't do traditional like, tell me about your problems. Let's go over what's wrong. Okay, I'll see you next week. (laughs) It's not about clearing that plate in that way. I don't believe in talk therapy. Um, but really going through the things that need to be done in order to really just, um, I really believe that we are, our mind-body connection is so strong. And not only the mind-body connection, but we have a spiritual side that we've forgotten about, that we kind of neglect. 
And I love bringing that into my practice as well, because we are divine beings in a physical form. And all of those aspects, our body, our mind, and our spirit are so important. So I bring all of that to the table. In terms of the therapeutic work, it happens so quickly. I've actually had clients who came in with six to seven years of sexual abuse as a kid. And through just one session, we clear that. And once something so big like that gets cleared, you, the domino effect that it has in their life, even the way they carry themselves, the way they talk about themselves changes so dramatically that just that one change was probably all that was needed to well, really clear up whatever else they're struggling with at the present moment. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask you. Like, how long does something like this take? I mean, is this a commitment, a, a life commitment? Uh, yeah. You know, I, I mean, one session sounds awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I want to book a session. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So again, we can clear trauma in, in one to two sessions, but the, the bulk of the work after clearing is about the piece that I love is helping people find that clarity. Like when that light bulb goes off for people like, aha, this is who I am. Like, I finally know who I am after taking off all of these different masks with you. My God, like it, that sense of relief and peace that it brings to people to finally say, my gosh, I know what it feels like to not have to wear a mask and it feels so good. That's what lights me up. So how did you decide to start an online business? Because that's not typical for a psychologist, right? Like that. No. Okay. Yeah. So as a psychologist, I thought I was limited to meeting just, you know, people one-on-one -on -one in this room. Um, I do have a physical location here in Persephone, New Jersey. But I just, I knew I wanted to do more. I wanted to reach more people, not just be limited by this physical location. And why not take advantage and leverage what we have as technology to be able to reach more people? So right now, I'm actually um, not just working with one-on-one -on -one individuals, either in the office or online, but I'm in the process of developing a course to help people reset their lives, um, to learn some of the things that we could be learning one-on-one. -on -one. Maybe someone just doesn't need as much support, but would like to do it on their own time. Um, so an, an online course is coming. We have a mastermind coming soon as well. So I'm, I'm just really grateful that I am alive here today with the technology that we have, the access and resources that we have, the, the teachers and mentors that we have. We stand on the shoulders of some huge giants today. And it right. means the world to me to have learned from the mentors that I've learned from so far. Yeah, that is. So now you said that you're licensed in three states, but the internet's obviously 50 states. So you have your background in psychology. Mm -hmm. um, however, what you're doing online, maybe that's informing it, but you're not doing psych, quote unquote psychology on, in your course, right? Or how, how would you word that so I, that doesn't sound... Yeah, yeah. So I don't provide therapy online if it's outside of the three states that I'm licensed in. A lot of the work that I do online, if it's outside of those three states, is more about transformational coaching okay. and helping people really do that self-inner reflection journey. How much do you think um, your psychology background kind of informs that transformational as opposed to how much did you learn kind of outside of the realm of psychology that is informs it? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> I think that my background in psychology definitely informs probably about 75% of the work that I do because so just a little bit about my background. I went to undergrad at Lafayette College, which is a small liberal arts school in Pennsylvania. And when I went to my undergrad, I had no idea what I wanted to study. So at that time, all of the kids at that school, they just kind of checked off psychology as their major on paper. 
when we didn't know what, it, what we wanted to do. But taking and enrolling in a lot of these psychology courses really just like, got my brain and my gears going. And I got so interested and excited about it. Um, at the end of those four years, though, my career counselor actually sat me down and asked me, okay, what is it that you, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Tell me, like, what is your next step? And I remember sitting in her office so scared and paralyzed because I had no idea. And so at that point in time, I said, I really don't. I'm just going to keep studying. I want to keep studying. <laughs> so I went and got my master's in clinical psychology at Columbia University. And that's when I actually dived really deep headfirst into um, the spiritual side of our existence and merged that with what I knew about behavioral science and psychology. But even after those two, three years that I was at Columbia, I still didn't know what I wanted to do. And I said, okay, I'm just, I'm just going to keep, I'm going to go all the way. I might as well at this point go all the way. So I went and got my PhD in educational psychology because I was really interested in learning about how we learn, right? Because how we learn really informs how we behave and how we show up. So I went and got my PhD. And at that point, my husband would, would have probably killed me if I said I want to keep studying. <laughs> so by default, I went and um, worked as a consultant to um, a, it's called, it's a town in Greenwich, Connecticut, as a consultant there. Um, and I just knew I didn't, after a while, I didn't have the, the specific type of energy that I needed to work with kids all of the time. And I, I was doing a lot of testing and I just, that wasn't what lit me up. So then after um, a few years at Greenwich, Connecticut, I went and worked at an outpatient clinic and serendipitously, and I don't believe in accidents anyway, but I, I, found, I, I found my calling. I knew what it is that I really wanted to do, who I wanted to work with, what kind of an impact I wanted to have on my life. And so from there, I then went and got my certification in applied positive psychology. I went and got certified in um, hypnotherapy and I'm trained in NLP. And all of those different areas of study have really helped inform me what I truly believe helps us to live a life of meaning while we're here. So NLP, which is? Neuro-linguistic programming. Okay. And can you just tell the audience a, a little bit about it in yeah. case they don't know about it? I just, I just really learned about <laughs> NLP. So <laughs> Yeah. So its premise is that a lot of the way that we show up, a lot of the experiences that we have are very rooted in things like our body, our physiology, as well as our language. So when we can learn to shift things like our language, we learn to shift the way that we think, our thought patterns. And when we can shift the, the body, we change our physiology. And by changing our physiology, we can totally change the way we think, the change we feel, and just really change our destiny. So I love NLP, and the reason why I got into that, I, a lot of people know who Tony Robbins is, but it really is about changing yourself at the core and really learning about yourself to change your external world and your perceptions of your world. Mm -hmm. And anybody can do NLP, right? You don't need to yes. be a psychologist to... No. Okay. No. And the hypnotherapy, that's, uh, that's something else. Like, so you don't learn any of this in medicine. Like, this is stuff <laughs> you learned outside of medicine, which is really unfortunate. But the, can you tell us a little bit about the hypnotherapy and what, what do you do with that and how does that work? Sure. So the basis and the premise of hypnotherapy is that as spiritual beings, as divine creatures in this physical body, we have our conscious awareness and we have our unconscious awareness. Our conscious awareness is the things that happen in our brain that we're aware about. So at any given point in time, we can process five to nine bits of information. We can't process any, any more than that. 
So although at any given moment we can process up to nine bits of information and we can consciously be aware of nine bits of information, we're inundated with millions of information, bits of information that our body and our unconscious mind per, uh, perceives, but we're not consciously aware of. So our unconscious mind knows everything. And that includes our body, our physiological, um, the physiological piece of our experiences. Hypnotherapy goes to change the things at your unconscious level so that consciously the changes that we make happen effortlessly. So things like when, I'm not sure if you've ever heard trauma lives in the body. I'm sure as a nurse, people have heard that before. Trauma lives in the body is the saying that when we experience things in our lives, all of our collective experiences up until this point lives in the body. It lives in the unconscious mind and we might not be aware of it. And that's why when I say you have experiences in the past that really shape who you are right now and will shape who you are in the future is because all of those experiences collectively are in there, are in here somewhere. We just don't know how to tap into that. Hypnotherapy bypasses our conscious awareness so that we can tap into the infinite intelligence that we have inside, that power that we have to make subtle shifts so that we can make significant changes so effortlessly. And that's why I love hypnotherapy. Wow, that is like the most amazing <laughs> description I've ever heard of hypnotherapy. <laughs> I, yeah, that sounds amazing. Um, so do you also, uh, do you delve into like epigenetics, the, the thought that your ancestors have passed in on trauma to you as well? Is that something mm. that you deal with or is that outside of? Yeah, so I've definitely heard of epigenetics. I've read into it a little bit and I definitely believe in it, but I don't necessarily um, go into past lives or things like that. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So how about, can you just tell us a little bit more about your course? Like what is it going to be and when is it going to, when is it open? How do we mm -hmm. sign up for it? <laughs> yeah. So it's going to start with a mastermind. Um, it's going to be a small group, anywhere from 40 to 50 individuals. And we take individuals um, through the three C's that I talked about through the clarity to through the confidence and the conviction. And we do that by going through three different, uh, learning how to master three different areas, which is our psychology. We learn to master our physiology or our vitality, the energy that lives within us. And then we learn to master the relationships. And I think those three things are so important. So we've, we've all heard about mindset and you know, how important our thoughts are and reshifting and refocusing our minds. So psychology piece is um, really grounding people in what we know in terms of what science has told us about the mind-body connection. But I add in what um, I love to start any of my clients with is that identity development piece because it all starts with our identity and our identity within the context of this world. So once we're done with the psychology piece and we've learned to master that area by going through specific exercises and through practice, we then go through the physiology and the vitality piece. And we go through things that have shown to, in my experience and other people's experiences, have worked in terms of increasing your energy, your vitality, how to really feel good in your body, what it means to breathe and how important breath is. And I don't think we talk about breath enough. Um, so that's the major piece of vitality. And then we go into relationships. And I ask people this question all the time because I, I think I'm a philosopher at heart. But I ask people, you know, what's, what's the purpose of life? Like, what's the point of life? Why are we here? 
And through all of the answers that I've gathered and I've heard, the number one thing that really underlies all of that, that is the undercurrent of every response I've heard, is about the relationships. How connected are you? Do you, do you can you identify a tribe, right? Who is your tribe and your community? Do you have high quality relationships? Because at the end of the day, it's about your legacy and you don't have a legacy without a tribe. So we take the um, people through those three different areas. And I'm just so excited for this mastermind group that's coming up because I'll be able to share what I know, what I've learned to um, really appreciate about life and you know the biggest needle movers. And we'll be able to do it together as a community. So, Bounce this, back ideas, yeah. Is this going to be online or it'll yeah. be in person? Okay. Yeah, it'll be an online. Oh, wow. Are you going to tell us when it starts? <laughs> <laughs> it, it's in the making now. Um, okay. We have a start date of October 1st. Okay. So around there, it will start. And it'll be a course that goes from October 1st all the way to the end of 2018. Okay. That, uh, and where can we find information about this? It'll be up on my website at www.yourlifeinspired.com and it's spelled urlifeinspired.com. And then I will um, give people a redirect to a landing page. It's most likely going to be on a different landing page called growth.yourlifeinspired.com, but you'll find that information when you get to my website. Okay. And I'm, I'm going to post it as well so that uh, people will be able to see that. And uh... Wow. Um, yeah, this is, I'm so excited for you because, <laughs> you know, this is, your message is so powerful. It's so um, just inviting, really. I mean, that, that's what it comes down to. You know, it, it feels comfortable to talk to you. Um, I kind of want to sign up for one of your sessions <laughs> for, my, for myself. And, uh, you know, this is great. I'm going to look for your mastermind as well because I, you know, I, I love that the idea of the mind, body, the energy, the relationship piece of it because you're right, it's so important. And I, you know, being in the, the medical community for so long, there's just, there's a ton of negative energy that's in there. And it's just because we're all so, we're just exhausted. It's, it's very mm -hmm. exhausting and it's just more and more and more constantly being thrown at you. So this movement. I think more towards understanding energy and positivity. It, it's so enlightening and so great to see it. So uh, I'm so happy to have found you. <laughs> Thank you, Katie. Um, so are there any last things that you want to say or, or um, tips or resources that you want to give people as we depart here? Wow. Um, no pressure just to say <laughs> the most amazing thing ever. <laughs> Wow, uh, that's a really great question. I think it comes down, I want everyone to know, I think if there was one thing I wanted people to know is that inside each and every single one of us is this magic and this power that's just dying to get out. But after so many years of having to wear a mask, after so many years of you know living up to other people's expectations, we've learned to mute our own voice and it gets really lonely and silent when it gets to that point. And I know personally what it means to feel like I'm alone, um, but I want everyone out there to your listener, for your listeners to know that, you know, no one is ever alone. You can reach out to me. You can, I'm sure they can reach out to you, Katie. They can reach out to whoever they feel comfortable with to really start giving themselves the permission to talk, to start taking off that mask. If it's scary as hell to take off that mask, 
permanently, you know, do it for five minutes a day, do it for 30 minutes a day. But once they start to take off that mask, they'll start to realize that there is this magic that we all possess and that there's so much more to our lives than we can actually comprehend with our conscious awareness that if we all knew our, our worth and our value and just set aside that shaming and that doubting that we do constantly, life becomes so beautiful and peaceful. And I really, really, my hope is that people feel the courage finally to do that for themselves, to give themselves that permission to do that. I think you exceeded. (laughs) (laughs) I asked you for something profound and that was like beyond profound. That was, that was, that was beautiful. Thank you so much for talking with me. And I, you know, I think your message will really resonate with my audience and, um, you know, definitely resonates with me. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me today, Katie. Great.